Hello guys, welcome to the Chibi and Chill Anime Podcast, the show that is dedicated to all things anime. I'm your host Ryan, the host that at the minute sounds a little bit under the weather. I have got the flu or some kind of cold, so please do bear with me if I sound really rough this week. So I've been obsessed with all things anime since childhood and it's been a phase that has never actually ended. In the last episode, we finished our journey through the history of anime, where we reached the present day, 2023. If you haven't listened to that series, the series that helped launch the podcast, do check it out. The series is three parts, and we go through the anime medium's early beginnings back in the 1900s, right through to 2023. If you're interested in the history or just want to get to know the industry of anime a bit better, then be sure to get those episodes a listen. This episode, finally, it's all about Sailor Moon. This anime has long been not only a favourite of mine, but also one that I believe first introduced me to the world of anime. It's this show that... I remember watching as a child in the early 90s and 2000s where I got hooked to the style and its characters. It was this show that opened my eyes to the world of anime and soon after I was hooked to other shows such as Cardcaptor Sakura and Yu-Gi-Oh. I still think that hands down the opening song we got for the western style of the anime is the best anime song ever. It's so iconic and catchy that I often randomly find myself singing it with no relation to anything. That song was like the soundtrack to my childhood. Anyway, we've got a new theme tune. I hope you like it. I prefer it. Let's dive in and let's see how Sailor Moon... Excuse me. Let's dive in and see how Sailor Moon got its start as a story and then an anime series and how here in the West we almost nearly didn't get the anime at all but a live action version. Let's go. So for those of you who haven't watched the anime or read the manga, let's just have a really quick recap on the basic plot of Sailor Moon. So Yusagi, or Serena here in the West, is a teenage girl who finds herself a cat called Luna that can talk, obviously, and Luna reveals that Yusagi is actually Sailor Moon and is destined to save the solar system from destruction by the Dark Kingdom with her team of other Sailor Scouts. As the story develops, more Sailor Scouts are revealed, and the Scouts get more powerful each series, revealing past lives, futures and characters along the way. So let's take a look at the early formation and the early start of Sailor Moon, which in fact didn't actually include... Sailor Moon herself. Originally called Pretty Soldier Sailor Moon and then changing to Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon was a Japanese manga series or is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by disclaimer I may butcher some of these Japanese names. I am trying I do apologize. Now no 
Naoko Takuchi. Naoko Takuchi. It was originally serialized in Kodansha's shoujo manga magazine Nakayoshi from 1991-97. The 52 individual chapters were then published in 18 volumes. The manga was adapted into an anime series produced by the world-famous Toei Animation and broadcast in Japan from 92-97. to So a quite similar run as the manga itself. The manga has sold over 35 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling shoujo manga series ever. The franchise has also generated $13 billion in worldwide merchandise sales alone. So that's quite an enormous amount of revenue from this one storyline. However, it didn't always start with Sailor Moon. Codename Sailor V is a manga created by the same author, same creator. I'll save you save you all from me trying to pronounce her name again. The series revolves around the character Minako Aino, a cheerful schoolgirl who finds out that she is a magical girl with magical powers that she must use to protect the people. Codename Sailor V is the basis for its sequel. Pretty Soldier Sailor Moon. We see this referenced in the first episode of the anime with Yusagi Serena in the West being a fan of Sailor V. We see it referenced every so often in the anime. I think it's interesting that Sailor Moon wasn't actually the first storyline. Sailor Venus or codename Sailor V was actually the start of this whole storyline. Naoko developed Sailor Moon from her 1991 manga Codename Sailor V, which was first published on August 20th, 1991, and featured Sailor Venus as the main protagonist. While discussing with her editor, he suggested the addition of Sailor Fuku, which is the school uniform that Japanese girls tend to wear within Japan, and it's the basis of the Sailor Scout uniform. When codename Sailor V was proposed for adaption into an anime by Toei Animation, Noko developed the concept so Sailor Venus became a member of the team instead of the main protagonist. So Sailor Venus was originally going to be the main character for the series, which is interesting and could be why she is one of the scouts who has a familiar, Artemis, the white cat with the other crescent moon similar to Luna. The only other character having a cat like this is Sailor Moon herself. The creator originally planned to kill off the Sailor Scouts, but Ozuno rejected this idea, but this idea was at least referenced in a battle with the Dark Kingdom later on in the anime, although they were revived in the end. It is said that Naoko resented this choice, and her original version didn't come to fruition. I think, although as a creative person, I think it's hard when things don't go in the direction that you originally planned them. I think I am happy that this choice was made not to have them killed off because I think that would have really, really upset child me and actually current me as well if they had just all died at the end. 
The series adaption was only actually planned for one series, but because of the popularity of the show, Toei asked Naoko to continue the series. It was at this point, after some creative exploration, that the idea of Serena, a Yusagi's daughter from the future, Chibiusa, was developed. It was in 1993 that Bandai, Toon Makers and Renaissance Atlantic Entertainment started to develop their own live-action version of Sailor Moon. The pilot that recently came to light was 17 minutes long and even included its own two-minute music video. This pilot and the show concept was turned down by Toei, thankfully, due to the cost of the production against the cost of simply dubbing the original anime that was being shown in Japan. This is different to what I would have thought. In my head, I thought that Toei would have wanted to keep the original anime version no matter what, because it was theirs and the creator's original version for the adaption, their original vision. But it seems that with it being a business, that it comes down to money. However, this time I have to say I'm happy that this live action version actually never saw the light of day. I don't think I would have been a fan of Sailor Moon if this was the version we got. And maybe even to that end, maybe I wouldn't have actually got into anime at all if this was the version the West chose. The pilot did come in use for some areas though. One example of this is the English version of the anime logo. This logo was originally used as the pilot logo for the live action version and Toei decided to keep this version for the western dubs. The Sailor Moon anime isn't only known for its storyline and its artwork, it's also known for its diverse cast of characters. The show is known as championing the LGBTQ plus community within its character base. One of these being most prominently shown between the Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune characters being in a lesbian relationship and two of Queen Beryl's henchmen, Kunzite and Zoezite, were male gay lovers amongst others. You can have a search of these facts and there are I believe 10 plus characters that are shown within the the community somewhere. In fact many of the cast are now seen to be included in the community with others being shown as pansexual, non-binary and bisexual. This portrayal however presented issues for the western dub of the anime with the networks being unsure of the relationships being shown to viewers. In fact, in the end, these portrayals ended up being omitted from the anime altogether for the western dub. This meant that the love relationship between Uranus and Neptune was actually turned into them being cousins. The aesthetic for Zoezai is changed to a more feminine look instead of a masculine, and Fisheye from the Amazon trio was changed from a male character who dressed in a feminine way to a female character and removed all references to the character being male amongst other changes to suit that kind of aesthetic and direction. As a kid watching the western anime I didn't really notice the omitted scenes of the anime or the omitted areas. I do find it heartwarming now however to find that an anime that has had such a special place in my heart today and 
from my childhood portrayed the community that I'm now a part of as an adult. This only, for me, adds even more love for this anime and it's quite varied cast of characters. Knowing that our community was being represented in the Sailor Scouts and its villains and side characters, it's just so, so nice to see when I look back now as a kid not really knowing what what this was. All of this changed, however, when Viz Media released a new dub between 2014 and 2016 where the original Japanese names were kept along with the LGBTQ plus representation alongside any of the details of violence, blood and references to nudity. So the Western anime dub really undertook a lot of effort to remove traces of any hints of nudity, any blood, any violence, any um, LGBTQ plus vibes to really kind of subdue the show to make it appeal to the most people at the time, especially within the American side of the world. So let's take a look at the legacy of Sailor Moon and how it's really grown into this global phenomenon, even from a humble start in in a magazine uh, comic strip. So as of 2022, Sailor Moon has grossed $14.3 billion in global sales, with $13 billion coming from merchandise alone. And this anime has become the most famous for its transformation sequences, and this has since become a staple moment for Magical Girl anime genre today. If you've watched Sailor Moon, you're more than aware of the transformation sequences that every Sailor Scout has, and how iconic those are. Sailor Moon herself has three types of transformation, three to four types, and each one is so visually exciting to watch. They're so dramatic, and oh my god, they're one of the main reasons I love this anime. It's so exciting to watch. They're so, so cool. During the last half of 2022, the official Sailor Moon Museum opened in Japan as part of the 30th anniversary celebrations. This exhibition is a collection of original artworks, memorabilia, storyboards, costumes and more and even has a cafe where the food is all Sailor Moon themed. If you're in Japan and managed to go to this, I'm very, very jealous from what I've been able to see online from Instagram and TikTok, it looks jam-packed with items to explore and allowed you to really dive into the artistic world of the series. The manga series has such a distinctive art style. It's so delicate, so soft, and it's so gorgeous to look at. And I think we find that with a lot of the 90s anime and a lot of 90s manga series, especially Carcaptor Sakura, that has such a distinctive style and I think we rarely see that in today's manga and today's anime. It really, it's really something special and this this museum exhibition looked just chock full of the original artworks and I would have loved to have gone. But if you have gone, please share it on social media for us, for the rest of us to see that can't go, can't go to it now. But yeah, it's it looks amazing. 
In 2014, Sailor Moon Crystal was released. This is a remake of the original 90s anime that follows the manga story more closely and introduced a slightly different art style for the characters. Many fans were very happy to hear that the manga was being followed more closely um, when compared to the 90s anime and I was happy to hear that they had taken the time to remake the story arcs and the series as I think it can be it can be kind of scary when a show you love so much has finished its storyline and there are no more series really to be developed. It's also nice that a younger generation can also be introduced to these characters and the series and hopefully fall in love with the characters just like we did. When I first saw the character styles, I have to be honest, I wasn't a fan of them. I'm so used to seeing the 90s style um, which was so distinctive and have such a special place as I grew up with them. Over time, they are starting to grow on me. I just, they are very elongated. You'll understand if you take a quick Google of the side-by-side comparisons, but they are very nice. I've, they have, I have grown to, to like them. In 2023, following that, we are getting the release of a two-part feature film called Sailor Moon Cosmos, that is set to adapt the final arc of the manga series and is a direct sequel to Sailor Moon Eternal and forms part of the Sailor Moon Crystal series. Currently, it's set for a summer release and the key visual for this movie is stunning with Yusage Osirina transformed into Eternal Sailor Moon and she's sat on a rooftop overlooking Tokyo and it's looking very soft, very dreamlike with a lot of the floating orbs for the romantic scenes that we see in the anime it's all very blue and purple it's all very dreamlike i can't wait to see this movie it looks so so good i'm not entirely sure when a dub will be available or how the schedule is going to look when it's released in the west however hopefully we'll get it quite soon on various servers or who knows, maybe even Disney might get the contract to release it on Disney+, Plus, which could be nice and convenient, I guess. Sailor Moon today has an enormous cult following and one that I'm definitely a part of. Sailor Moon even inspired the little crescent moon that features on the podcast artwork for this show. There is something so special about this anime and it brings back so many warm feelings of watching the characters every day as a kid and following them on their villain of the week style adventures and being so excited to see not only the Sailor Moon side of the characters but also the more normal everyday teenage style antics that they get up to. I think my next challenge should be to read through all the manga series. Hands in the air, I haven't read it all um, but it's definitely on my bucket list and it has been on my my list of things to do Sailor Moon based for a long time and I've never really dedicated the time to it so maybe now is the time 2023 maybe that's the year to do it if you have read the series let me know which one do you prefer do you prefer the anime or the manga series or do you prefer both equally that's fine too I think I will give them a read 2023 is definitely the year to do it also let me know who is your favorite Sailor Scout so to round off the episode, 
I'm going to go through some fast Sailor Moon facts. Some facts that I came across during my research and I have a list of other ones. But here are 10 or 11 fast facts that I thought were kind of interesting to read and kind of interesting to learn the details behind some of the characters in the series and why they are, how they are. So Sailor Moon Super S, the movie, is the only time we see Sailor Mini Moon or Sailor Chibi Moon use the Moon Gorgeous Meditation Attack. In the manga, the Sailor Starlights were female and in the anime, they were males who transformed into female when they morphed into their Sailor Scout forms. One of the extra bonus things there is the dolls were the inspiration for them having the braids at the back as the doll makers wanted something more additional on the hair aside from the short shortcuts that they have. Kronos, father of the gods known as Saturn in Roman mythology, wields a scythe, which is why Sailor Saturn also wields her scythe. In the manga, Sailor Neptune and Uranus have rings that symbolise their promise to take care of Sailor Saturn, which is really nice. That's a nice detail to, to see in the manga. Yusagi's full name is in reference to the Japanese legend of the rabbit on the moon. And we see this everywhere in the anime with rabbits featuring on her bedsheets, pyjamas and clothing like her denim jacket we see. Even in the Japanese anime, all the Sailor Scouts attacks were said in English and this was to make them nice and trendy and cool. In the original English dub of the show, omitted episodes... 2, 5, 6, 20, 42, 67 and the entire 5th season of the show. So that fact reflects what we said earlier around the western anime being changed and altered and it completely missed quite a lot of the episodes and the last final season of the TV show. So that is why there are some continuity issues with the 90s original anime for the west. So... I would recommend finding the Japanese version. You'll get a much fuller show and a much fuller storyline. Early concepts of Sailor Moon show her with pink hair, a cape, a mask and even a gun. And each Sailor Scout originally was going to have their own unique costume instead of there being colour variations of one another's. So that would be really interesting, really, really intricate to illustrate in the anime, I think. But I prefer that each one has a different colour. I think it's more visually appealing to me anyway. Sailor Pluto is the oldest Sailor Scout in age. However, it's not been confirmed how old she is. Luna P, Sailor Chibi Moon's companion, was created for her by Sailor Mercury way forward in the 30th century. And in the final little uh, fast fact... In the newer episodes of the anime and the manga, the technology has been updated to reflect the times. So replacing desktop computers with laptops and flash drives with CDs, which is a small hint of the time that these stories were made and the technology that was around them and how they've managed to update them slightly to make them reflect the world that we're in today. CDs are kind of going outdated now, so I wonder if they'll release them again with more streaming sides and more streaming technology. I think that'd be really interesting to see. Thanks for joining me on this episode. There are a lot of small facts and tidbits I found while I was looking around for the information for this episode, so I may try I got it right. 
So I think I may do a podcast that is basically a load of Sailor Moon facts, one after the other. I think that could be kind of cool. Let me know if that's something you'd like. In the next episode, I'll be talking all things Pokemon, another enormous franchise that formed so much of my childhood. There is so much to uncover with Pokemon and so much to share, so do make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on that episode. Pokemon was a franchise that not only introduced me to video games, but had its own anime series, and I believe it is still the world's largest franchise. So that's going to be a chopped block episode. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and Facebook if you search Chibi Weeb Anime. I'll be there. Below you can find links to any research material I used for this episode and also a link to my anime Etsy shop where I sell chibi style fan art of anime characters. It would be very much appreciated if you do check it out. You might find something that you like or even a gift for a friend. Why not check it out? It's always worth supporting a local artist. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do hit subscribe please like the show please do follow it all these little actions take seconds to do cost nothing and they really do support the show thank you for taking a listen thank you for listening to my podcast it really is appreciated i know you hear that with every single podcast but it really is true thank you for your support until next time where we talk about pokemon have a great day bye guys